what God has you waiting yeah. for is going to come across as him unleashing the floodgates of heaven in your life in such a way that no one even has reference for yet. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Questions with Caden. I'm your host, Caden Fabrizio, and I'm excited for today's episode. Today's episode, I think, is... Number 17, which is insane. We've done 17 episodes. Um, I've been having a blast. I hope you guys have been enjoying it as well. We have a guest on the episode today, a friend of mine, Charlie Hughes. Um, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy the conversation. But before we jump in, uh, we just got a couple things to talk about real quickly. First being, um, if you do love this podcast and you find yourself a repeat offender, always clicking on the podcast, being inspired and encouraged by the things we talk about here. I would um, ask you to start considering becoming a partner with the podcast. Um, there's some financial ways to partner with the podcast with some options. I think it's 99 cents, 4.99, and 9.99 are some of the options. Um, and it could just be a way for you guys to help support what we're doing here at Questions with Caden, so we can continue to further the vision um, that we have for this podcast. So if you're interested in doing that, go ahead and go to anchor.fm slash questions with Caden. Again, that's anchor.fm slash questions with Caden. And you can pick the options to donate as well as see all the past episodes and some other things on that page. Okay. Secondly, um, I wanted to say sorry for skipping a week. Um, I've been traveling a lot recently and um, had full intention of posting a podcast, but had some technical difficulties and wasn't able to finish editing it um, in time. So with that being said, I apologize, but we're back on schedule um, with this episode this week with Charlie and then an episode with me coming up uh, the following week. And then after that, we have an episode with the Bishop, Dylan Long. So I'm excited about all these, these episodes coming up here. Um, but let's jump in. Let's get into this episode with Charlie. I think you guys are going to be encouraged. You're going to be um, inspired. And I, potentially your question of why you've been waiting and why it hasn't been working is going to be answered today. And you may get some clarity and revelation on the exact thing that you need. Charlie, my boy, what's good, man? Thanks for coming on the podcast. What's up, brother? Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. Dude, it's so good to have you. For the listeners, you got to know Charlie Hughes is one of my best friends in the world, and um, it's really cool to get to have people come on the podcast that are not just people you admire from a distance and not just people that you see that what their ministry is doing, but people that you are running with and you're bouncing off of and people that you're doing ministry in life with. And so Charlie's one of those guys for me that we're in this thing together. And so it's awesome to have him on. I've wanted to have him on for a while. And uh, the question we're answering today, I think, is a really important one. So thanks for coming on, bro. I'm excited, man. Back at you with everything you just said. You just say it better than I ever could, bro, but super excited to be here. <laughs> Dude, tell the listeners what's going on in your world, how you been, your post-Rally Loud conference that we were all at. Yeah, man. How are you? I'm doing great, bro. I mean, just like you said, we're coming off the heels of Rally Loud. We've had a rally since then. So let me back up. I lead a young adult movement here in South Florida that is a part of a church called Church by the Glades. And the name of the movement is called Rally. It is for 18 to 30-year-olds. And pretty much what we do is every month we rally together. We have a giant worship service with creative elements. I preach at it. And then we have an after party following the service with free food from food trucks. And we normally try to have a DJ. And there's dancing and mingling and just a good vibe. And I really feel like God's hand is on it and is blessing it and is using it right now, which is what we want. That's the whole goal, the whole purpose. And we're reaching young adults, and God is good, man. It's, it's been a, a fun last little bit, and I hope the ball keeps rolling. You know what I mean? Yeah, bro. I can honestly say at Rally Loud, that was my first time I got to go see what Charlie's doing in person, and it was cool to see um, see the vision that I've heard him talk about in person and see God's hand on what they're doing there. It's really special. God's got a really unique design for um, every single young adult that's going to going to rally by at CBG, you guys are doing something so special and so different. And it's really cool to see how God is using, um, what you guys are doing to reach people that maybe are being underlooked, you know, overlooked and just aren't being reached. And so it's cool what y'all are doing today. Y'all, we have a really cool question. Uh, the question today, you saw the title is why isn't waiting working? And if you're like me and you're like Charlie, 
you've asked yourself this question, you've beat your head against your pillow, you've wondered, you've asked God, and maybe you're in an instance in your life, in your season right now where you're going, it's not working and I'm ready to give up and I'm ready to give in. And hopefully by the end of this episode, you're going to carry some revelation to know that you're waiting for a reason. And hopefully Charlie and I can give you some insight and some practical um, tips and tricks to be able to carry your waiting season. And so we're really excited about it. We got a foundational scripture that we'll read, we'll pray, and we'll jump into it. Charlie, do you have the the scripture up? I can have it up in just a moment. I think I know what what it is you're talking about. Pull it up. Talking about Galatians chapter six, verses seven through nine. Oh, my phone right here. Yes, sir. I can pull it up real easy. I mean, it's not like I just preached on this or anything. I should probably have it memorized, but right here says this. Yeah, for you guys. Oh, that's a that's a great little note also. For anybody, after you listen to this episode, don't go click off this episode yet. But after you listen to this episode, go to the Rally Loud. Uh, no, it's just Rally. Rally Knight's YouTube page. And Charlie just preached a great message on this topic, too, that we're pulling out of. And you can get some more insight, too. On this, go ahead, Char. Read us the read us the scripture. I'm using this translation because I like this one better than the one you originally sent me. It says, "Do not be deceived. <laughs> God is not to be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap in return. The one who sows to please his flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. But the one who sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary in well doing." For in due time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I love it. The translation I use says, at just the right time, in due time, and just the right time, you're going to reap a harvest. And we're believing that out of this episode, you're going to believe that, you're going to carry that, and maybe even begin to see that. So, Lord, let's just pray right now and let's jump into it. Lord, we just thank you so much for who you are, Father. I just thank you for Charlie. God, we thank you right now. We, we can switch our perspective and say, hey, thank you for the waiting season, God. Thank you for what you're teaching us and how you're preparing us. Father, would you speak today and would you give us new insight into what we are to do while we wait? Um, and because we know it's not give up. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Yo, so we got this question. Obviously, on this podcast, what we do, uh, we ask a massive question why isn't waiting working? And, you know, typically that answer could be very spiritual and it can be very short and you can be, you can give the right Christian answer. But what you do in this podcast, we break it down. Let's ask a bunch of questions and figure out how we can get to the root of the big question. So while we're waiting on God, I think you said something in your, your message that was honestly amazing. You said, are you waiting on God or is he waiting on you? Could you expand on that idea a little bit as we kind of start this topic on waiting? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think the reason why waiting is not working for many of us is because while we think that we're waiting on God, God is really waiting on us, waiting on us to do a few things. I'm sure we'll get into what those things are as this episode continues. But I think whether you're waiting on a miracle or you're waiting on a breakthrough, you're waiting on something big, you're waiting on something small, a lot of your wait and a lot of what it is that you're waiting on, waiting for whatever verbiage, whatever language you want to use, a lot of the responsibility of making that thing happen falls on you. God is going to partner with you, but he's not necessarily going to do all of it for you. I mean, like scripture tells us, faith without works is dead. It's kind of also reminds me, I'm just going in a few different places now, but it reminds me of like in the Old Testament, how God made covenants to people and there were bilateral covenants. Like as we make a covenant with God, make a promise to God, God makes a promise to us. He partners with us in making a miracle happen in our lives. And that's kind of what I was trying to get at um, when I kind of came up with this thought, like maybe while we're waiting on God, God is waiting on us. He's waiting for us to do all that we can and then he'll show up and do what only he can. Yeah, no, it's so good. I think that bilateral like covenant you're talking about is massive for people to understand. Like, there is a a partnership involved when God is asking us to do something while we wait, and as He uh, He asks us to be obedient, I think is always the first step in what He yeah. asks us to do and while we're waiting. But like you said, you can go through Scripture and you can look at people. Like, I think the simplest one. I love David, and so you look at David. Like, David defeated Goliath, but he wouldn't have ever defeated Goliath if he never stepped out on the battlefield. Totally. You know, like God can't like make you step out on a battlefield. Like you've got to actually take the steps. You've got to actually do the things. 
And so while we're waiting on God, like you said, that you can kind of loop that into being faithful. Like you have to be obedient. You have to be mm-hmm. faithful. And in your sermon, you said that that's being consistent. Like yeah. the consistency and the faithfulness breeds almost a thing that you're waiting on. But it could take a long time. Mm-hmm. And I know it can take a long time, and it can be frustrating, and it can be uh, a grind. And so yeah. can you kind of talk about a bit like why you feel like um, – why we're some, – sometimes it can feel like a grind. What is the point of the grind? Why are we yeah. in the grind? Totally. Totally. So let me break it down this way because I don't want people to hear what I'm not saying. I think God makes commitments to those who are consistent because consistency communicates reliability – independability, or like you said, Caden, in other words, faithfulness. God knows that those who are consistent are commitment material because there are those who won't let sleepiness keep them from showing up. There are those who won't let tiredness keep them from toughing it out. There are those who will not let a little bit of weariness, as Galatians chapter 6 talked about, keep them from working hard. Like, in other words, as you alluded to, talking about what's the point, what's the purpose of grinding for something, God goes into business and makes commitments with those who are consistent because God knows that the only quality, the only characteristic, the only internal motivation that has any power to override weariness is wants. And it is much easier to take something for granted that you are gifted than it is to take something for granted that you had to grind for. So I think the first thing that God is waiting to see in many of us, and this is where I don't want people to hear what I'm not saying. I think the first thing that, that God is waiting to see in us before he gives us all that he has for us is wants. And I want to break this down a little bit further mm-hmm. even than I did in my sermon. Because as I was writing the sermon, I was like, God, please don't let people hear what I'm not saying. I'm not – because this can sound condescending to people who have been waiting for a long time and who have been waiting correctly. Totally. I'm not necessarily talking. I'm not saying you just have to want it more. Like that couple that's been waiting for <laughs> yeah. a baby. Like you just have to want a child. That's – that, that's not that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah, yeah. I think there's a particular type of person that God is waiting on. It's the person that's not yet consistent. It's the person that's already not on their knees praying every day, yeah. every night. It's the person that's already not searching through Scripture and really trying to cultivate this deep and intimate relationship with Jesus. It's, it's a person who's not already asking all the right questions. But I think for the person that's not doing those things yeah. already, who's not already being consistent and faithful and doing their part, God is waiting to see if you really want what he has for you. God is waiting to see if you want what he has for you because when you want something enough to work for it, this means that you will not waste it because you're not going to waste what you have to work for. I just think God's hardwired us that way. I use a silly example in, in my sermon that I preached last Friday that when I was a kid, my parents were very loose with me leaving food on my plate. It wasn't a big deal if that happened. But now that I'm an adult and I have to pay for my own food, at Chipotle specifically, I'm, I'm a, I, I frequent Chipotle a lot. Chipotle. Yeah, shout out Chipotle. Hook me <laughs> up with some type of deal. I don't know. That one of those burritos for life cards. Get a, cards. Get a yeah. podcast sponsor on Chipotle. Come on, somebody. Let's go. Come on. Um, you must believe because I pay for that Chipotle now for myself. I'm going to eat every single grain of cilantro rice that's put in front of me because I worked hard for that eleven dollars and fifty cents that that bowl cost me, and I'm going to eat everything that's put in front of me. <laughs> Like yeah. you just, you will not, God has hardwired us to be creatures who will work for what we want and will not waste what we work for. God knows that the plan he has for your life is so special, is so amazing, is so big, is so beautiful, is so blessed that if he were to give it to you in its entirety right away without causing you to work for it, you would waste it. You would blow it. You would mm-hmm. squander it. And the only yeah. way to make you see the significance in and the value of all that he has for you is to make you work for it. Not because God is cruel, not because God is like trying to toy with you and just dangle something over your head, but because he knows that all that he has for us is for our good and we would not appreciate it and we would not treat it with the respect that deserves if he did not make us work for it. So really what a want, what a desire, what a longing within you for what God has for you. It shows him you're not going to waste it if he gives it to you. And if you're willing to work for it, like I said, you won't waste it. But this will just kind of show God, like, you'll take it seriously, you'll steward it correctly, and he can trust you 
with it. Yeah, dude, that's so good. It kind of reminds me, you know, the waiting season, a lot of the times is a season of preparation and growth. Mm -hmm. And so while you're waiting, God is usually doing something in you far before he ever does anything through you Mm -hmm. because of what Charlie just said, because he wants to know that what he's going to do through you is going to be stewarded well and that you're ready for it. Um, this reminds me just the other day, my dad, he comes up to me, he goes, Hey man, my front yard, it's dried out. There's a drought in California. There's always a drought in California, but there's a drought in California. The front yard's dried out. Can you help me on some certain patches re reseed to replant some grass? And so we went out there and there's three things we had to do. We had to use a rake and tear up the dead grass, tore it up, had to get down to the soil, tear up the roots. Second thing we had to do is sprinkle new seed. And then we had to pack new dirt on top of the seed. And I think that that's, that is a picture potentially of where you're at in your waiting season. Potentially you're in the first step where God is going, I've put you in a waiting season because there's some things I need to tear out of you. Mm. There's some things I need to get to the root to. There's some dead things on you that I want to make alive things again. Yeah. And maybe you're in the season where he's already tore the dead things out. You're past that. You're still waiting. And you're going, God, I'm ready. But he's going, no, we got to plant new seed. Because I tore out everything. There's nothing left, so we got to sprinkle some new seed. Yeah. And I know for a fact, when you're in that, I'm, I feel the seed. I feel what God sprinkled. I even feel the water start to hit the seed. You start to be like, I'm ready. I know I'm close. Yeah. God, open the door. God, let me through. And then what happens is he packs dirt on top of you. Yeah. And you have two options. You can go, I'm buried or I'm ready to grow. Yeah. And when you're waiting, there's always a way to wait in a, with a perspective and a posture that goes, am I waiting buried, meaning I'm stuck, I'm not going anywhere, I'm not doing anything, I'm useless, I'm empty, or are you saying, I'm ready to grow? There's fresh soil on me. There's new water hitting it. Uh, The seed is about to sprout. There's two ways to wait. And you made a really important important, differentiation. You said, I don't want to tell the person that's waiting for a baby you don't want it enough. Yeah. And I don't want to tell a person that, you know, like, it, that's, that's not what you're saying. What you're saying is, at least what I hear is, there's different areas and different seasons you're in while you wait. Yes. And potentially as you're waiting, you could be in one of those three areas that I just mm-hmm. mentioned. Yeah. One of the other things Charlie mentioned in his sermon, I literally, like, I'm going to keep home from this sermon because Charlie, I listened to it literally this morning to get ready for this, and it blessed me. And so one of the things he said in this sermon was that God has left no second of your life unaccounted for. Yeah. And it's easy to think if you're in a waiting season that God has forgotten you. I'm in a waiting season because God has forgotten about me. He just threw me to the side, put me on the back burner, and he forgot about me. But, Charlie, what does it look like to live out of the understanding that God has not, has, has not forgotten me, that every second of my life is attached to the plan and destiny that he has for me? Man, that's a great question. Yeah, I, I'm just of the belief that God is, I mean, Scripture tells God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, which means maybe there have been times in your past where you've just so experienced God's faithfulness, his provision, his protection, in just such undeniable ways, like beyond reasonable doubt. There's no way that could have been coincidence. That had to have been God. And if God was so involved in my past, in my yesterday, and he's the same yesterday as he is today and forevermore than the God of my past is the God of my present. So if, if I could, if I know that God made that happen in my past, then he cares just as much about today as he did about yesterday. If what scripture says about him is true. So I feel like it's living one in that confidence that God is who he says he is. So he is, even though it may not feel the same way it did yesterday, it doesn't mean that he's any different than he was yesterday. So I feel like there's a confidence that comes with waiting Mm. in that truth. Um, And then I also feel like this means how to wait with the mindset of like not one second of my life is unaccounted for that like this, this seemingly unproductive moment in my life is just as much of God's plan as when it seems like I'm living in the fulfillment of the plan, if that wording makes sense. Like God is doing something now that is just as important as the day I receive in the future, what it is that he's had me waiting for this entire time. So it should come with a confidence that God is wow. who he says he is. And it should also put a responsibility on me to search for the purpose in the present 
in order that one day I might be able to experience the fulfillment of the plan that is me receiving wow. whatever it is that I've been waiting on that God's had me been waiting for. Yeah, that's so good. I, I read something today, actually, that someone posted on Instagram. I don't remember who, so credit it to not me. It's somebody out there. I forgot. Um, and they said there was a little, like, quote, and it said that, like, essentially, I'll paraphrase it, that the idea that we're all just waiting to arrive mm. is a waste of our waiting. Totally. Because truly the journey through the waiting has so much for us and has so much involved and so many opportunities for us to do what we were called to do or what we're waiting for. For instance, um, you're waiting to be a pastor, but you won't stop and pray for the person on your way into the restaurant that God said you pray for. Yeah. You know, like there's things in your season right now in front of you that God is giving you. Yeah. He's saying, Hey, do this on your way to the, where you think is your destination. When really I'm saying everything around you and everything you do and every second you live is, is not unaccounted for, which means every second you live matters, which means every second you live has purpose, which means everything you do has purpose, not just to get you somewhere, but maybe to get something to somebody. Yeah. So maybe you're waiting on, you're waiting on a relationship, but you refuse to work on yourself. Say it. Like you're waiting on, you're waiting on an open door for a new, a new job, but if God gave you the bag, you'd fumble well, it. You're not knocking on any doors. Like, like maybe what's you're going just on? not. Come on, maybe yeah. you're just not ready. Maybe you're asking God, God, do something, but you won't take a step. Totally. And so we have to, while we wait, we have to say, okay, I'm waiting, but how am I waiting? Yeah. And one of the best examples I've seen of that is. Uh, Mike Todd has his example. He says, like, are you waiting? And he sits on his hands. Or he goes, are you waiting? And he holds a posture with his arm out with a, with a rag around mm-hmm. his arm, ready to serve. What, are the, what do those things look like, Charlie? Practically, yeah. how do we wait? What does it look like while we wait? What can we do while we wait? So I think the way I'll break this down is I'm going to use this language. You can wait one or two ways, very similar to how Caden just broke it down. I'll just put a little bit different language to it. You can wait passively which basically means your weight is happening to you, but it's not something you're actively doing, engaging in, um, embracing, or you can wait purposefully, which is you saying, I'm going to make the most of this time that God has given me. I know this is not a time to procrastinate. I know that this is a time to prepare. This is not a time for me to view or wow. treat as a waiting room where I relax and read a magazine, but this is a time for me to treat like a war room where I strategize and prepare for battle because I know that how I wait is how I show God that I am worthy of what it is that I believe I am waiting for. Because the fact of the matter is who you are becoming now is more important than what you receive next. Waiting passively is much more attractive, sexy, and appealing than waiting purposefully is. But waiting purposefully is so much more worth your time. You can consider it the same as choosing the pain of discipline over the pain of regret because waiting purposefully, what it does is it saves you from forsaking the plan that God has for you and that waiting passively would cost you. Waiting purposefully is difficult. It's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel good because it's a weight, a W-A-T that comes with a weight, a W-E-I-G-H-T. And the weight that comes with waiting purposefully is heavy. It's overwhelming. At times, it can feel unrelenting, but it's a weight that you should welcome because it's a weight that is not meant to tear you down. It's a weight that's meant to build you up. It is meant to prepare you, prune you, as Caden mentioned earlier, develop you, and help you see the significance in what God has you waiting for by causing you to become more dependent on him. God wants your weight. God makes you weight because he knows that the weight of your weight will cause your bond with him to become so strong that when God gives you what it is he has you waiting for, it will not become a distraction to you. It's hard to be distracted from God, Caden, the more dependent we become on God. This waiting season does not have to be a wasted season. Like this weight is not useless. This weight is not pointless. Now is very much necessary. And it's not up to us. Like we're going to wait. But what is up to us is how we will choose to wait. And God is waiting to see if you're really about that action. 
He's trying to see if you're somebody who is going to show him that you are worthy of what you want by preparing yourself the best you can right now. By Because the last thing God is going to do is give you what you want if he knows that giving you what you want will tear you farther away from him. Like, here, here's, yeah. here's something I'll say. God knows good and well that giving you what you want because people will make promises to God, right? Okay, they'll be like, God, if you just give me what I want, I promise I won't miss another week in a church ever again. I'll read my Bible every yeah, day. Yeah. I will. God, I'll do whatever you say. I promise when God knows good and well, giving you what you want will not change who you are. It will only make you more of who you already are. Your weight is a window mm. into your soul. And God is using this weight to determine if this is a version of you that he wants to see more of. If God gives you all that he has for you, if God gives you all of what it is that he's had you waiting for, if God blesses you with what it is you've been asking him to bless you with, God knows that your life is not going to get any simpler. Your life is going to get more busy. Your schedule will be that much more full. You will have that much more responsibility on your plate for you to manage. So if you are already undisciplined and distracted in your relationship with him, why would he drop another thing in your life that will cause you to become that much more distracted and that much more undisciplined? God knows if you are not yeah. already waiting purposefully, then your promises are empty. But if you are someone who's already disciplined wow. and you already respond to trouble and you already respond to stress and you already respond to your schedule being full by saying, God, I don't care what's going on in my schedule, in my timeline, in my day, in my week, I'm going to set aside time to be with you. I'm going to set aside time to seek your face. I'm going to set aside time to be on my knees in prayer. Then God knows that putting more stuff on your plate won't take him further away from you. It'll bring you closer to him. So God is yeah. really looking at how you wait to determine if him giving you what it is that you want or him giving you what it is that he's had you been waiting for will actually be something that will benefit your relationship with him. Because like I said at the beginning of my answer, my very long-winded answer, God cares more about who you are becoming now, which ties back into what, we, what you asked me about, about how no second of your life, um, this, how this is the verbiage that you use, how um, not one second of your life slipped the mind of God, I believe, before he ever even put you on this planet. Um, like that, that's, that's why God cares more about who, who you are now. This is why this present moment has purpose and, has, and is part of God's plan than it is what you receive next. God cares more about who you are becoming than what you are receiving. And this is important. Totally. It's important how you wait. Totally. Totally. I think, I think God just cares more about his relationship with you than anything you ever have. No doubt. You know, like I just think God cares about knowing you and you knowing him. Mm -hmm more than anything you know i don't think he cares as much about your ministry as he cares as much about how you minister to him and how he ministers to you mm -hmm. you know like i just i just think god is a god jesus is 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 a god that is intimate and close and that's what he cares about yeah. you know and anything else other than that like charlie said if it's going to become a distraction for you to pull you away from him why would he do that he was willing to die for you to get to know you <laughs> yeah. to get close to you and why would he give you your dream to pull you away from what he gave his life That's for right. was to know you? And so I think that is one of the biggest things is while we wait, we got to be close to God. Mm -hmm. You know, while you were talking, bro, it got me thinking um, about Noah. Obviously, everyone knows the story of Noah. He builds the ark. It's like the typical Bible story, like little Sunday morning story that everyone learned if you grew up in church. I love that story. But what a lot of people don't know is like biblical scholars believe that Noah took after God told him to build the ark it took 20 to 40 years before there was a flood and so while Noah was building he was just building and he was just building and he was hitting things with hammers and driving nails and cutting down wood and building an ark in a place where people are going there's no water there's no rain like it's not gonna what are you doing why are you building why do you still have faith he told you he, you thought he said this 35 years ago, Noah. It's yeah. been 40 years. Yeah. Like, why are you building? Yeah. And there's a level of this that we have to understand that we build because he told us to. Yeah. But we also build because we desire to give him glory with what we build. Yes. First Corinthians 1031, Charlie uses this in his sermon. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. While Noah was building for 20 to 40 years 
Every time someone came up to him and said, you're stupid, why are you building? He was able to say, because my king told me to build. That's right. Because I was told to build. Yeah. You want to hear about him? Let me tell you about him. Yeah. And what you're able to do in a waiting season is you're able to glorify and point to Jesus and say, I'm waiting. And I might look stupid now, mm-hmm. but when this does happen, when I do step in, God is going to get so much glory. Yeah. I may look dumb now while I wait. I may look dumb now while I got no paycheck. I may look dumb now while I got all I do is run on faith. But one day, the door's going to step open. I'm going to step through the gates, and wow. you're going to see, oh, my gosh, if God did that in him, how good is he? And there's purpose yeah. in your wait. I love it because your waiting can be worship. And that's what Charlie yeah. says in his sermon. Like, Charlie, maybe compound a little bit on how, how when we wait, how does that how does that become worship how does that become giving yeah. glory to jesus yeah real i just want to go back to noah for a second because now you got my wheels turning like you talked about how which is like like noah waited forever for the first rain of fall that would start the flood but it never once rained in the history of humanity actually it, at that point during the story no like like scholars believe that the world had this green greenhouse effect and plants were watered in different ways. So like not only was Noah waiting for it to rain for however long, but he was waiting for it to rain for the first time ever. Like God had him waiting for something that he had no freaking reference for. So it's like maybe God, what he has you waiting for is not even what you have in mind. Like God might have you waiting for something that, like the world hasn't even seen yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, wow. like if you were to explain it to you, it would make no sense to you because whatever, maybe you're waiting on a job and you thought that this was your dream job. Maybe the job or the need that you want to fill, like, like it's, it's not, God's not going to give it to you because he wants you to fulfill this need that doesn't even exist yet. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, wow. so all that God wants yeah, you to do so right good. now is remain faithful and the faithfulness isn't going to look sexy. It's going to look like you continuing to work this nine to five or picking up two shifts at two different fast food restaurants. Like your faithfulness is not sexy. Like Noah's faithfulness was not sexy. He was just was building a giant boat that people were like, why do you even need a boat in the first? What the heck is this rain thing you speak of, Noah? What's a flood? Like the world had never yeah. flooded at that point. But God literally all the glory goes to God and how he's going to provide. Like that's what we're trying to talk about. Like when we're saying like you be faithful, you keep doing the dirty work, and then God will show up and do what only he can do. God literally unleashed the floodgates of heaven when no one had any reference for what a flood was yet. So it's like what God has you waiting yeah. for is going to come across as him unleashing the floodgates of heaven in your life in such a way that no one even has reference for yet. So like, I don't know, I just want to plant that seed in someone's mind, like like what God has you waiting for, if you would just be faithful, is literally beyond your wildest dream because maybe that thing doesn't even exist yet. But now going to answer the question that Caden so beautifully asked. Um, what does it look like to worship while we wait? I think, bro, I think it just looks like more of what we've been talking about, to be honest with you. Like, like so I don't, I'm not trying to continue to plug my own sermon, but if you want to check it out, go check it out. But, <laughs> but what I did was I hey, used the, the word, link will be below. The link I, will be below. I use the word weight as an acronym. So the first two letters of this acronym were wants. And the second one, which we kind of just talked through, um, was the word attention. God is waiting for you to start waiting with attention, to wait with special care, concern, and consideration. So I, and, and the verse I used for that one was 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether you eat or whether you drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. And I asked the question, and I'll ask the question to all of you listening right now. What does it look like for us to wait in such a way that glorifies God? Too often, myself included, I'll speak for Caden, Caden included, we all limit opportunities to worship God to specific environments certain times and particular expressions when one of the worst things we can do in this time that god has given us to wait is to view this period of time as nothing more than a temporary time of transition or merely an in-between moment as just a time to slack off twiddle our thumbs and stare up into the sky until for no apparent reason god decides to bless us or give us what we want going back to what we were talking about earlier i think god is looking at us right now 
he's trying to decide like, yo, is this a person who's going to worship while we wait? Because if they worship while we, while they wait, um, then the chances are they're going to be someone who worships when they receive. Like, I think that it looks like leaning in so closely and walking, um, so closely to God and and pressing in so tightly that God does not have to doubt your intentions. He does not have to doubt that you want to know him more than you want to get whatever it is that you believe it is that you've been waiting for. So not to be cliche or to sound shallow, um, but I think really waiting while we worship looks like doing everything we can to give God the glory in every single moment of our wait. It looks like trying to get to know God, not for the purpose of trying to expedite the waiting process, but for the purpose of being like, God, I can tell you're getting me ready for something. I don't know what it is. I don't know how long it's going to take to arrive at whatever it is you have for me. But I know, Lord, that this waiting season is not a time to waste, but it's a time to know you deeper. I'm not waiting on you. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to get to know you, to get something from you. I'm waiting on you to get to know you. So God, I commit this way to you. I'm not trying to rush you. I'm just trying to hear from you and get to know you better and deeper and fall in love with you all that much more. So I I think that's what it looks like. That answer wasn't super practical, but I think it's the best one I can give at this moment. Totally. No, that was so good, bro. I love that. I, uh, it makes me think, it makes me think about, I mean, obviously you, me, we've all waited. I, we both are waiting for things still, yeah. you know, like everything, everyone, I think at every part in your life, there's always going to be a part which you're waiting for something. Mm-hmm. And, um, God may doing, be doing something in one, uh, aspect of your life, one area, but in another, you may be waiting mm-hmm. and, um, or all areas you could be waiting, you know? And so, um, the, the major question that I want to propose to you today as a listener is if God gave you what you wanted, would you even be ready for it? Because I look back on my life and I look back on the prayers I've prayed since I knew uh, what my calling was when I was 19 years old to now being 24 and I look back on all the prayers and the things I asked for and I look now and I go, if God would have given me what I prayed for, I would have destroyed myself. And not only would I have destroyed myself, but I would have would have destroyed everybody else that was attached to what God gave me. I wasn't ready. And I prayed for a lot of big things, things I'm still praying for now, but now I can confidently say I've done the work in the waiting. I've go. done the if I was handed now what I had been prayed for, was praying for when I was 19, I wouldn't fumble the bag. But at 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, I would have lit it on fire. It would have been awful. It would have been the worst thing for me. It wouldn't have been a blessing. It would have been a curse. And so the question for you is, are you, are you even ready for what you're praying for? Or do you need to sit in the waiting and carry the weight, like Charlie said, carry the weight of the waiting and let it develop you into what you need to be when yeah. you're ready? If, if God told Noah to build an ark, but he never built the ark, and then the floods came, Noah would not have been ready for what God said was coming. You got to build. You got to choose what you're going to do in the waiting. And our last, kind of our last thought today, and we'll wrap this thing up. We like to keep it short, and I know Charlie's got a bunch of stuff to do, but um, Charlie mentioned something just right now about his his <laughs> his timeline and about timelines for us. Like if we are holding God to our timeline. What does that look like? And 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belongs to Christ Jesus. And uh, Charlie, can you just wrap us up a bit talking about this and our timelines and how we can respectfully wait on God and trust his timeline in our lives? So I love that verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And for me, that verse speaks to how our weight is part of God's will because he's using our weight to refine our desires. God is waiting for our intentions and our desires and our will to collide with his will. And God's will is kind of verbiage, language, that's thrown around a lot in like Christian circles and church settings. And it can kind of seem 
like intangible the way that or nebulous maybe is a better word the way that Christian people like to throw that term around but really God's will is stated very clearly it's stated in that verse that God's will for us is to rejoice always pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances and the common denominator among these three actions that the Apostle Paul describes that make up God's will for our lives, your life, my life, you, the listener, your life, is they they all require us to sit in the moment and, sorry, let me rephrase that, to stay in the present moment and sit down with Jesus. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. These three commands that comprise God's will for our lives report to no timeline and belong to no schedule. And if you're anything like me and God is making you wait before you arrive at what it is that he has for you, this undefined length of time that your wait will take stresses you out. Because I'm the type of person came to be like, yo, God, like, can I get an ETA? Like, like, how long is this wait going to take? How long is this wait going to last? I'm cool with waiting, but can I at least know how long this wait is going to take? And totally. I think sometimes, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, I think sometimes people can become so anxious and so afraid, and I really like this word, um, disoriented, as a result of the appearance of uncertainty that their wait presents that they begin trying to impose their own timeline on God. And because God is not making things happen at our rate, at our pace, at our speed, our faith is beginning to fail us. Not that God's beginning to fail us, but our faith is beginning to fail us because we have built our faith on our own timelines. Um, We're beginning to drown in insurmountable doubt, deconstruct, and believe that God has abandoned us when the fact of the matter is, the truth is, God has not abandoned us. He's not left us. He's not forsaken us. He just refuses to abide by our timelines because he wants us to abide in him. Yeah. We have to remember who the Lord is in this equation. We're not totally. the Lord. God is. Our timelines okay. will choke out our faith, lead to disappointment, and breed frustration. We are not entitled to all that God has for us. And God is not obligated to sign off on our schedules. So what we need to do is we need to trash our timelines and throw away our man-made ETAs because God is in no rush. He is in no hurry, but he is right on time and he is perfectly punctual. God's probably making things happen slower than we would all like him to, but this is because God knows that relationship cannot be rushed. Mm. We want a resource. God wants relationship. Yeah. We want an item. God wants intimacy. Yeah. We want a next step. And God just wants to sit down with us. As this verse told us, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. God's will for our lives is for us to know him and be known by him. Yeah. This does not happen overnight. This is the result of a lifelong romance of mutual pursuit and i think god is really saying to many people right now i'm not trying to speak for god but i believe this is the heart of god through this verse he's saying if you would just sit down with me and would just start to talk and you just start to pray to me about things in your life that you're going through you'll be overwhelmed by the peace you'd receive through the revelation that i provide yeah. if you would just make the choice to sit down with me and start rejoicing. You'd be overwhelmed. You'd be moved by the joy that would wash over you because because worship and worry cannot occupy your mind at the same time. If you would just make the choice to sit down with me and start to thank me for things that I've done for you in your past, the memories of my faithfulness to you in the past will bring you so much comfort, so much courage, and so much confidence as you face what lies ahead. God is waiting for us to become content with staying in the present moment long enough just to sit down with him. I think I think God, what he's saying for, for for many of us is for us to understand that that God, He 
he wants to understand. He wants us to understand that before he gives us anything, he needs to know that he has us first. Yeah. He's asking us, since when did I stop becoming enough for you? Like, what yeah. happened to that first love you once had for me when you first became a believer in me? Like, since when did you start wanting to get something from me more than wanting to get to know me? The Hebrew word for weight is the word kava, which means to plate, like the inner winding winding of hair or rope. And as we've already discussed, like we know that waiting on God isn't something we are to do passively. It's something we are to do purposefully. Like we're supposed to press in so tight and walk so close that every breath becomes prayer and praise from morning to, to evening, to sunrise to sunset all day and all through the night. We should be weaving Jesus into every piece and portion of who we are, every facet of who we are, every decision, every situation. God wants us to involve him in our lives so that we then he has the opportunity to do what only he can for us. I, I like to word it this way. Our weight is our time to submit our will to God's will. And submission is only submission when you disagree with the one that you're submitting to. So submission might suck in the moment. It might require you recognizing, shoot, maybe God doesn't want to give me that job. Maybe God doesn't want to give me that relationship. Maybe God doesn't want to give me what I want right now. It may not be a no forever, but it's definitely a no for this moment. We have to submit our will to God's will, trust that God has our best interest in heart, and make the premeditated decision that Jesus is and will be the only person we look to to fulfill us. Because he is the only person that will never fail us. Other things, other people, other avenues that we look to for fulfillment will fulfill us because they are imperfect and temporary in nature as we are. This wait is your time to get to know and get to love Jesus more than you could ever know anyone or anything else. Wow. Well, that's so, so good. That is yeah, that's really the heart of what I hope the answer today would be for you is, um, and this is the last thought I'll leave you guys with, like, the original intent and design for humanity was to be in communion and relationship with God, with Jesus. And yeah. when you were designed, you were made, um, the, and you look in the, the Garden of Eden, the original intent and design for Adam and Eve was that for them to do life with God in communion, in relationship, in intimacy. And a lot of us, we often are, like Charlie said, we're praying to God to get something from God. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we act in that way and we carry that perspective, what we're saying is this. We're saying, God, when I'm praying for promotion, it's because I believe that I was designed to be a, biz, a successful businessman. When yeah. all you do is pray and ask for a relationship, it's because you say, God, I was designed to be a husband. Or I was designed to be a wife. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is that's not true. You were designed to be a son and a daughter of the king in relationship that's with right. him. Your ultimate design and intention is to know him, be close to him, and understand your identi- identity in and through him. I'm a child of God. I'm the righteousness mm-hmm. of Christ Jesus. And anything same, aside same. from that is blessing and a gift from him. But if we start to carry the blessing and gift as identity, we've missed it. Because our yeah. identity in the waiting and in the success, and in the ending, and across the finish line, always has to be son of God, son of God, daughter of God, heir to the throne. That's got to be the perspective. Because we can't, like what Charlie just gave you, all that insight, you can never carry and you can never truly understand if you, if you don't truly believe that your intent, while you, even while you wait, is to know Jesus intimately. If you don't believe that, you're going to miss it. Because your waiting gives you the opportunity to sit at your father's feet, to talk, to beg, to ask, to cry, to receive, to laugh, to, to get to know him and build a real relationship. It's a blessing. Yeah. And if you don't do that because you are believing that this is not who you are in the waiting, you miss it. Mm. And so I just want to leave you with that. Push into Jesus. Know that who you are is who he is in you. And yes. your life and your waiting season might just begin to start working Charlie, bro, thank you so much for coming on, dude, for real. Again, I got to listen. It's like I listened to the message twice today, but this was even so much better, so much insight. Just got blessed by you today, bro. Thank you so much for coming on, dude. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. It's an honor. 
Bill, let me know. Let the let the listeners know where can they find you on socials. How can they support Rally Nights if they're in the Florida Miami area? How can they get to you? Hey, listen. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram um, at Charlie Hughes. Hughes is spelled with a Z at the end of it. On Instagram, not in real life. I couldn't get my actual name. I'm not cool like Kaden. My my last name's not <laughs> unique enough like Fabrizio to get my actual name on Instagram. But you can find me at Charlie Hughes with a Z at the end of Hughes. And then you can follow us at Rally. Subscribe to us on YouTube. On um, Follow us on Instagram at Rally Nights. And if you ever want to join us in person, we normally rally on the last Friday of every month in Coral Springs, Florida at Church by the Glaze at 8 p.m. We'd love to have you rally with us. And, man, if you're in the area, I would encourage you, if you are, if you got to drive an hour, get to a Rally Nights. They're only once a month. You can drive an hour. A Church Alive is worth the drive. And I think if, hey. if you're going to get to, if you were trying to find a live church, if you're trying to find the presence of God, a move of God, and you're trying to get aboard, go to CBG, get to Rally Nights uh, in your life. I think God's going to begin to do something real special in your life. Charlie, I love you, bro. Thank you so much Thank for coming you. on, bro. I honor you so much. I honor who you are off stage even more than who you are on stage. All of us know, uh, all of our friends know you're a gifted preacher, but all of us also know that you all have a heart of gold and you love the Lord so much, man. And it's an honor to run with you. You know I'm in your corner. You know I love you. And uh, hopefully I get to see you soon. Love you, bro. Thanks for coming on. Listeners, have a great rest of your week. See you in the next one. In a world where relationships are easily broken and often discarded, the Rebuilding Us Marriage Podcast is your lighthouse guiding the way to hope, restoration, and transformation in Christ. I'm your host and marriage coach, Dana Shea. Join me as we discuss the necessary tools for rebuilding marriages from adversity, betrayal, and disconnection. It's time to reignite love as we rebuild marriages from the ground up. Listen to the Rebuilding Us Marriage podcast on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.